yes. And then I think I use GarageBand, which I'm going to navigate with Tyler tomorrow to separate the audio from the video because that's what GarageBand does. <laughs> no, we'll find out. That's what it does. I know for sure that's what it does. I just don't know See, how to use it yet. But we <laughs> figure that out tomorrow. Shall we put this? Yes. Well, do we want to separate? Yeah. Do we want another box still just for like the, the vibe of it? Like the confidence of a, of a desk vibe? Like, are those on 20 or 24? So we could use like a 30, right? This is still simpler. I mean, we still are one box down. And we don't have to drag in that bag of stuff unless we have a guest. In which case, amazing. Oh, we made it. <laughs> do you want me? No, do you want to do me a quick flavor and just check the camera and make sure we're both in it to win it? I can't see, but it looks like it. Yes. So yeah. for the way you were sitting when I checked it, for sure you were in the shot. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't off center. For well, we can always Jesus. crop it. Yeah, that's just true. Yes. Okay. Shall we begin? Um, yes. Let's begin. Yes. I'll edit in all the things. So we'll just talk about the stuff. This will be in post. Just kidding. It'll probably be in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Alrighty. So today we're going to talk about mental health with a focus on ADHD specifically ADHD. from adult diagnosis ADHD to another adult diagnosis ADHD. We have a yes. lot to say. A lot of, lot of opinions, a lot of thoughts, lots of shares. So my diagnosis of ADHD as an adult did not come as a shock, but the reason I sought out the diagnosis is my roommates at the time were like, you have gone in and out of this house four times with the intent to leave and you've forgotten your wallet, your keys, your phone, whatever you were planning on taking with you. And it has taken you now 20 minutes to leave when you said you were going to leave. So round four, I finally am able to depart from the apartment. But it was at that moment that I was like, you know, I do feel overwhelmed with like not being able to focus, my thoughts being all over the place. Maybe this is something to explore further and long story long i definitely <laughs> have adhd but it's it's interesting now like once you have the formal diagnosis to look back and say oh wow i've always actually had this so growing up my younger sibling was male so my brother he definitely had adhd and i feel like it goes unrecognized in girls more often yes. than it does in boys. I feel like there's always an, like a, a misdiagnosis that happens first. Right, because usually. boys are definitely like hyperactive to the point mm -hmm. where they interfere with everything that's going on around them. And For sure, and the anger outbursts, yes. impulsivity, it's just, it's really noticeable in them. Now, I didn't know any different because I grew up with a brother and then the people I played with were the, like the boys lived yeah. on the block. So I was like, oh, your I just keep just, up with them. It's well, fine. Right. And your parents probably just thought it was learned behavior, I would imagine. Right. Le learned behavior. And obviously there weren't any like 
bad things that were going on in my life. Right. I still did fairly well in school. I wasn't always in trouble in school. High school, though, is when it was starting to really get recognized. Um, in high school, I had one professor, uh, one teacher, I guess it's called in high school, mm-hmm. where they were like, you need to just leave. You, you can't sit still or sit in the back of the class. You keep mm. getting up. You, you keep calling out. And I was like, no, it's just, it's just me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I've always been this way. Um, anyways. I'll let you share your story. I could go on and on about all of the indicators for why I definitely had ADHD. It's funny that you say that about the teachers, because we had a teacher in high school who was really, like, laid back about seating. Like, she wasn't allowed to have the flex seating that they have now and all of that good stuff, Um, but she would allow students to sit on the floor if they wanted to, as long as it didn't cause a distraction. Mm -hmm. She would let them straight-legged sit or just like oh I was being different things yeah I just lay on the floor just, yeah <laughs> all good things all good things I was definitely one of those students too I have a neurodivergent urge to always just sit like this <laughs> I know you see me like here yeah, I like, yeah. legs up in the box yeah. my are untied it's like I've got lines in yes, yes. the text. Yeah. <laughs> literally me literally me um so my story, much like you, I kind of, well, especially in high school, but from childhood on, hindsight being what it is, I can very much identify that I was definitely a hyperactive child that was probably elevated from what would be like my peers. So I was homeschooled. And I have an inkling that my dad might have known that I had it because he had a very specific way of dealing with me when I would get overwhelmed or overly excited or overly hyper. Um, He would have me just like sit in a dark room and he would be like, you can come out in five minutes once you've had a second to like chill, essentially. It was never mean. It was always in love. I never wanted to do it, so it always felt like punishment. But looking back, I think that that was his best tool that he had short of just seeking diagnosis. And at the time, and we were talking early 90s in very rural middle America, like the middle of nowhere, Upper Peninsula. Right. (laughs) So I don't know that. And, And the other problem was is culturally there was a lot of there was a high prevalence at the time of child adhd diagnoses and an over prescribing of ritalin and i think my parents were so were so like hesitant about that and so like all these kids are getting over medicated and they weren't wrong but they were so afraid of kids getting over medicated that they didn't know enough to realize okay you know, maybe this could be valid or whatever. I don't even know that it's a thought that occurred to them because it just, it was just culturally different. Well, that was like the climate at the time. And I remember having a psychology professor in college say, you know, medication therapy, diagnosis, whatever, it's not the worst thing because if you do truly have the diagnosis, you're going to find the outlet if not managed by medication or however therapeutically yes. you want to manage it so self-medicating it's 
the climate at the time while we were growing up was that's like mental health wasn't it? it's widely accepted mm-hmm. and I don't even know that that was kind a, of a scarlet term. letter a. yeah for sure I don't even know that that was a term that I ever I don't think I heard the term mental health until I was probably in my mid-20s and by mid-20s I mean like maybe around like 21 and up so like I guess early to mid-20s I don't think I ever heard that term definitely not when I was young definitely not in middle school maybe later in high school I suppose perhaps but I just don't know that it was quantified like that right um digressing I'm very grateful to CrossFit because I feel like had I not started not only CrossFit in general, but a career in CrossFit, I don't know that I ever would have sought out a diagnosis. But it came to a pinnacle, and I very much remember the day. This was probably about a year and a half before we opened West Shore CrossFit. I was coaching full-time at another facility. Um, I was running a kids CrossFit program, a cross training program, and I was also one of the, I guess you would call general population adult classes, however you want to quantify that. And I also was covering shifts for this facilities. They called it Kids Club, I believe. So I was essentially a babysitter and I would work in tandem with the front desk and I would help maintenance the gym and and whatnot when I was scheduled for those hours. All of that to say, the the day before this particular shift at work, Tyler and I had been running some errands or you know went to dinner or something, I don't know. And I left my keys in his car. I had accidentally brought my keys with me just out of muscle memory. And I left them in his car. So of course he, even at that time, coached all of the morning classes. So he was at the gym when I wake up, get ready, go to leave for my shift. And I realize I have no keys. And I also realize that he has my spare key in his glove box to try to help alleviate this problem if it ever happened. And during this time period, I'd also been struggling with helping manage all of my programs as far as actual programming, because I was literally like from scratch. It was like, here, this coach is gone that was doing this thing. You have this thing. You're going to program it from scratch. So I had nothing to work out of. I literally had about a 48-hour notice, especially for the kids. I had like a 48 hour notice that I was now the coach in charge of this thing. Total panic. Just, <laughs> I was like, all right, well, panic here we go. <laughs> uh, and so I realized that I don't have my keys. I reach out to Tyler. He's like, I will do my best to get them to you during open gym from the 8.30 to the 9.30 class. I will run them up, give them to you, but we've got to figure this out. This, this can't happen. Of course, the one time that this happens, a huge accident, unfortunately, happened at the Bears intersection where we live off of, and he got caught in traffic. So not only did forgetting my keys in his car not only end up making me late still anyways, not only made me have to buy a round trip or not a round trip but a one-way trip from uber to get there anyways 
it also ended up making him 15 minutes late for starting his next class because he was caught in traffic trying to save me. And not only that, like, he could have been in that accident reasonably, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the, timing, the timing couldn't have been worse in all ways. And it was a big deal. I wasn't, we weren't in a super, a super healthy work environment as far as staffing and management. So that was a really hard day. And of course I didn't have my car cause I had to Uber. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, I don't exactly remember how it worked out, but I ended up having to be at the gym from the time I got there until literally the end of the day. So it ended up being like a 10 hour day being with a bunch of upper management staff that were all just beside themselves furious at me. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the most uncomfortable, mortifying, guilt-ridden days of my life. Well, that and also people who have ADHD typically are people pleasers too. So to yes. let anyone down Yes, is the disappointment of it all it was it was unbearable the whole day was unbearable how i felt was unbearable it was just awful and tyler and i ended up talking that night because he wasn't gonna sleep on it i mean everybody was frustrated with with me that day with good reason right because circumstance does not alter responsibility i had a responsibility to yeah. be somewhere and I dropped that ball and having an undiagnosed disorder that you already kind of have an inkling that you might have and you're choosing to not treat, therefore eliminates your excuse to have those kind of errors. Because I mean, like with anything in life, everything affects everything. So me being late literally put about four people in an inconvenienced way for that day. So everybody was completely valid in how they felt. And Tyler and I ended up talking and I told him that I was going to seek a diagnosis. And I was excited about it because it was the first time that it felt accessible because we were coming out of the pandemic at that point, but everything was still really, really fresh. Mm -hmm. Like gyms had maybe only been open about a month, month and a half. And you were just happy to have point. a job. You yes, know. yes. Like we still had this time, like we were still in our squares, in our 10 foot squares with the social distancing and everything was still like, that's all of that to say, um, a teledoc provider. And I'm not gonna give the name of that provider because for one thing, most states are no longer working with them as far as ADHD treatment. And also their providers have way bigger caseloads than they should have. So the care that I ended up receiving towards the transition of not working with them anymore wasn't what I would want for somebody, but I digress pretty heavily. That's a different topic for a different day. Well, it was improved access. So, yes, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> it, it at least was access that I felt was mentally manageable to go forward with because it was all teledoc. So it was, you make appointments online, it was communication through text, and then it was basically Zoom call appointments with your, uh, I don't know if I can say that word correctly, clinician, is that right? Provider. Your provider, yeah. yeah. And that made it very manageable. I got my legitimate diagnosis and the relief I felt being able to put a title to these 
symptoms that I had been experiencing my whole life and like, okay, I'm not broken. I'm just wired differently and that's okay. Um, but a lot of the things I was experiencing, not only as a coach, as I, as I mentioned earlier, but as an athlete, I had no idea I was dealing with those things. Yeah. And I like, it, it definitely switches your perspective about yourself. You become more self-aware. Yes. <laughs> there were there were things about myself I knew that frustrated me terribly, like forgetting my keys, can't finding my wallet, like can't find my wallet, don't know where my phone is, I don't know where my mind is. Mm -hmm. Like there there were things that definitely truly annoyed me about myself so much so that I would probably end up in tears like about once a week. I feel that. <laughs> I literally remember one of my managers at Under Armour I had a situation where I got very frustrated with a teammate and I snapped inappropriately at nothing super major. Like it wasn't that big of a deal, but I definitely got rude with them and it was at the front of house and it was just not my best moment. And I remember her talking to me, not only about all the good things that I brought to the team, but just being like, this all boils down to, I need you to have a little bit more self-awareness. And I remember in that moment feeling so defeated. I literally remember asking her, because I've, I've been really big into personal development and growth like books and things like that for many, many, many years now. So I was like, do you have any podcasts or book recommendations or something that I can dig into to help develop the skill of self-awareness? And I couldn't get an answer. I couldn't get an answer from her. I even talked to like people that are that I know have been in the psychology field and there's nothing there's not a lot of t material on just developing the muscle of self-awareness and I remember just feeling so defeated because I'm being asked to do this thing that I can't find the tools for and I remember that's that was really frustrating for me and then I got that diagnosis and I got on the right medication, which that is a, that is a story for a different night, um, my, my journey to finding the perfect cocktail. But I remember the longer I was on it, the more I realized it, how, I hate to say not normal, it's just a different normal, but how, how hard, different, challenging life, life was, was yeah. without it because the meds yeah. help your brain fix it yep and sometimes there's consequences to that there's side effects and things but I didn't realize until I got the treatment that what I was dealing with not everybody deals with yeah we made life hard on ourselves <laughs> yes yes it's like living life on hard mode it's not that I couldn't do it or didn't do it but by God, like, <laughs> switch the game to extreme against the computer. You yes. know, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it's half a miracle that adults with ADHD get as far as they do without it from the perspective of somebody who's had it now. Yes, there's... it's a miracle we get anywhere. It's a miracle that we get out of bed every day. <laughs> well, to be fair, being an ER nurse, my ADHD is kind of where I succeed as an yes. ER nurse. Right? I can, I can appreciate my, that. My ADHD definitely hindered me mostly in my day-to-day -day life. <laughs> yeah, so I actually feel that same thing with actual coaching. Yeah. ADHD impacted the mechanics of getting to where it was coaching, but very much the same. Like we, 
our brains are the calmest when things are in chaos because it's the only time that the world moves at the speed that our brain does. Right. So in the thick of it, we are at our peak. Yeah. And ER and are saying it's like the top two things that I care most about myself. My, my top two strengths, right? I'm empathetic mm. and I work well under pressure. And that makes me a really good ER nurse. But that, yes. Those are also very typical of people with ADHD. Very empathetic. Mm -hmm. Things are on fire, and I don't feel any. And problem. I am vibing. <laughs> I'm like, sunglasses on. I'm like, all right, take me and to the problem. There, this, there, this, there. Patients alive. Next. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's wild. We're wild. We're wild creatures. Um, as an athlete, where ADHD hindered me and really put me in a deficit for a long time, and then all of a sudden, skills started popping left and right when I got medicated, the brain-body connection. I think had I gotten medicated so much sooner, the disconnect there, and, and nobody knew. I don't even think coaches knew how to help me. I didn't even know how to help myself. The executive dysfunction would get in the way, like I would want to go, but it was almost that, that paralysis, that decision paralysis of like when to go and then all of a sudden the day is over. Right. Or where you're like just glued to the couch because you don't know even how to get started. Like there would be weeks where I wouldn't go and then I would start to go again and then it was balls to the wall. I would be there twice a day. Like I would do two classes a day and the second class I would modify stuff and change it up so that I, like, cause my coach obviously pattern injury is a thing. So they, they would never have me do the same class, but I would either be all in and there all day, every day, or I was just non-existent and I didn't know how to fix it. And I knew, I knew what I was doing wasn't the best tactic. I knew that consistency was gonna be where I wanted to be but then I would go through these stages where I was just so frustrated with putting in all this work and then having the consistency for long periods of time. And then I get frustrated because I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't improving and nothing would happen. And then here comes the rejection sensitivity. Like you're not good enough. You don't perform well enough. Uh, you're not really a part of the included community, which was all in my head. But all that to say, that changed a lot once I sought diagnosis and sought treatment. It was wild. It was like flipping on a light switch. Yeah, the, the perfectionism is mm. something I very much so struggle with. So <laughs> I, it was identified very young and I could go down the rabbit hole with this story, but essentially I was considered at risk because of when I was born and they wanted to hold me back in preschool because I didn't talk a lot, shockingly enough, <laughs> for an ADHD person because I was saving it because now I don't stop talking. But <laughs> basically they like tested me and I scored hundreds on everything except I got one question wrong on something and my mom was like, you came out in tears and the test proctor came out and asked me if we were hard on you because you couldn't get over the fact that you got a question wrong. So the, the, all of the like weird little tendencies, you look back and you're like, oh yeah, I guess I've always had it. That's just always been there. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's also hindered me like being empathetic. You're also a people pleaser, right? Mm -hmm. So I tend to just 
put this on my plate and put that on my plate because mm. I have fear of missing out. It's not fear. It's panic of missing out. It's panic not of missing out. It's yes. not FOMO. It's POMO for me. Yes. Panic of missing out. Yes. So I will give up sleep. I will Same. give up like anything I have to do. And of course, we have no concept of time half the time. Yes. Like we could just do it all. We are time blind. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are time blind. We have no time management in the sense of we just, just we just, yes, everything always. No, so, all gas, no breaks. Right. I tend to overcommit and just hope, hope it, hope it works out. And, and most, <laughs> most of the time you can you make can, it work just not in the way your perfectionist self would like to make it yes. work. Yes. <laughs> this is, this is fact. So. This is those are those have been the struggles for me at least. <laughs> yes, I feel all of that so much. But in in terms of being an athlete too, I usually I'm very blessed. I've had really great coaches. I just want my coaches to be happy. But sometimes you're right. That brain body connection is just not there, and you have mm-hmm. this like three, two, one buzzer go, and then you just panic. You just move as quick you can as quickly as you can. Check off check off the boxes, and that's like in a very skill-based sport, yes. not what you should be doing. You have to like stop and think. So it's really nice to have guidance from coaches who can understand how to reach those with ADHD. Yes. <laughs> because there have been many of times I definitely needed it. Yes. Like I'm sure there have been a couple of times with you guys that yes. <laughs> you're like, all right, Jenna, enough's enough. We're, we're going to pull chalks here. No more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think Tyler and I are, I mean, we're pretty open about like the ADHD journey. Um, I like to be really open about it because I don't think enough people talk about it. So he's so used to dealing with me. <laughs> oh, uh, it, it's pretty like, hard. Talk to her like Jody. <laughs> yes, it's, it's pretty hard to send him over the edge most days. I think I think he's fine. Period. In general, Tyler yes. is very yes. He's keeled. very yes. He's about the most even keeled human being you would ever want to meet in your life. So that being said, what is your recommendation for coaches in speaking to athletes who have ADHD? Like, what is the best approach with them? Oh boy, I could write a book on this. So we'll go over some bullet points, big ones. If you well. Well, let me, let me back up from that. Number one, not all of your athletes that have ADHD are number one going to tell you or possibly even know that they have it. So a couple of ways that you can identify without prying, know like the top bullet points of what to look for in those people. Do you feel like you will brief the workout in detail and their eyes gloss over or you brief the workout in detail and you know that you're very specific on something and as soon as you're done briefing they ask you several questions about what was briefed that is a big i don't want to say red flag let me think of a big indicator that's a a better word that is a huge indication staring out the window at traffic while briefs are happening yes (laughs) yes this is a huge indicator that there might be a chance and again, I, this is not empowering you to diagnose. That is, this is not what, what this conversation is. But it will make sense with where I'm going to go with this of how to mitigate regardless if they struggle with this or not. And even if they don't, these are things where even your neurotypical athletes 
are still going to be able to receive better. There is no downside to listening to this information, but this is not information to take. And then all of a sudden you're going to diagnose everybody in your gym that that is not what this is. That said, if you, if you have that issue of like, they ask a lot of questions that you already know that you very clearly defined. If you see that you have athletes where you can tell, or you feel very confident that they have the physical capability to do a movement, but it seems like their body just won't let them do it. That's often a big sign. If you have athletes where they seem to really have a tendency to roll ankles or roll their feet all the time, a lot of times with people who have a neurodivergency, specifically ADHD and autism, you, they will, ha I can't remember the name of it. You might, I think it starts with a P, but essentially it impacts their joints, specifically the ankles. That can be a huge indicator. Athletes that maybe like make random silly noises that seem just completely random that are just like funny. They're, they're usually like kind of entertainers almost. <laughs> Like a two extreme clown, if you would. Yes, they're either very, I mean, if they're introverted, obviously they're going to be more quiet and reserved. But if they're more of that, like, extrovert, they're they're that person. Like, they're, they're the entertainer. They're the class clown. That's a really big indicator. Um, getting abnormally frustrated with movements that are frustrating that you're trying to learn. Double unders are a really good example of that. If you have an athlete that gets to the point where they're about throwing their jump rope or they do number one set boundaries because having a neurodivergency does not give you permission to be a mess in class and set a tone for everybody else but that frustration piece could definitely be an indicator so we get frustrated <laughs> and double yeah. unders hurt when you jack them up so it really elevates that irritability the, the hot and cold, like I talked about, where like they're either in the gym a hundred times a week or you don't see them for three months. That can sometimes, I mean, some people that's just their life and that's fine, but that definitely can be an ADHD symptom. There, there's a lot of things and I would encourage you to do a deep dive in your own journey. Oh, a big one that I don't want to forget. Athletes that tell you that they're struggling with things like body dysmorphia and they might not even recognize it as that. But if you have an athlete that says to you, I know that the scale is reflecting all this work I've done, but I still can't see it. They might not even quantify it, that it's a diagnosable thing. They might not even know that there's a label, but body dysmorphia is a huge rider with ADHD, especially in women, but don't be fooled. Men don't talk about it, but they suffer with it too. That is a big one. I'm trying to think. There's there's other ones, and honestly, coaches, it's a little bit your guys' responsibility too, as co coaches, to research some of these neurodivergencies and some of these mental health things. Because let me tell you, this country is in a mental health crisis. Absolutely. This stuff is impacting your athletes. This is impacting the people. If you're an owner and a coach, this is the, this is impacting the people that are paying your bills. If you're coaches, you might not own the building, but it's paying yours too, because you are paid to coach those people. It would be in your benefit as a coach to know what your community is struggling with. So take it on yourselves and do a little bit more deep diving. I've given you a direction. 
and I, I think it's really important too in the CrossFit community because this can make or break a really good outlet for them. Right? Yes. So exercise is an excellent outlet for people with ADHD. I'm not even going to say outlet. It's, it's, you should exercise period end of story. We yes. all know that. That's why we're here talking about CrossFit macro mm -hmm. focus. All that being aside, exercise is just so good for your mental health and for your, your own health period end yes. of story. Now, if you have, you, bene you benefit from it even more if you have a neurodivergency or some mental health illness that you're struggling with. Um, I, I think it's really funny that you mentioned the, like, giving a cue for the mind-body connection. What was it? A couple weeks ago. You're like, oh, Jenna, you're, are you going to do pistol, full pistol squats for this workout? I was like, no, I can only get a couple. And you looked at me and you're like, what do you, what, no. <laughs> do one right now. And I was like, I can't do one. And I just like did the ADHD thing where I'm like, I don't know, something like this. And I just like, <laughs> I kicked my foot out. <laughs> and Jody so kindly looked at me and she was like, okay, not, <laughs> not unsalvageable. <laughs> But maybe try this. And then I did pistol squats. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I was fine. She was like, you can definitely do them. Why are you telling me you can't? Yeah, <laughs> yeah she definitely. was like, do one. So yes. it's like funny that you, you mentioned that. It was like, yeah, I just can't do them today. And you're yes. like, just today? Why? Yeah. I, I, the, like, the, the standard's the standard. Just yes, do it. Yes, just do it. Um, um, yeah, be, being an athlete <laughs> with neurodivergency, it makes, I am the class clown. It makes for some, okay. some funny things. And Educate, entertain, inspire. That's my motto. <laughs> right. But from an athlete perspective, and I don't know if this is like typical of ADHD, but this is typical of Jenna. <laughs> I need to know why. I have definitely yes. had like a frustrated mini meltdown before that poor Tyler had to watch play out. We were doing a lot of squat therapy and a lot of like practicing wall balls before a workout where we were doing, I don't, I don't know, like well probably over, the 50, probably the 50, the workout of the 50, well over a hundred wall balls within the workout. Maybe it was round. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, Tyler, why are we doing so many wall balls right now? And he gave me a giggle, and that was not an appropriate answer for me. My med ball down, and I went to the bathroom and didn't come back until the, the warm-up with all of these squats was over. <laughs> but he won't let me live it down. <laughs> Oh, I, I like it. Did you finally joke. get your answer? Did you get your answer beyond the giggle? I got to yeah. know. Okay, yeah. amazing. Yeah, <laughs> the answer was if we were doing that many, we like certainly needed to do some squat therapy yes. because the worst thing you squat can do. Squat therapy definitely fixes some things. The worst thing you can do in a workout that you're about to do cumulatively about 150 wall balls. Yes. You, yes. You're like, your squat needs to be okay to start. Yes, so. I agree. I agree. And the wall does not lie. So that's always fun. It does not. But that's one of my favorite, one of my favorite like actionables as a coach. So, okay. So you've identified that all these people may or may not have ADHD. Doesn't matter. Here's your actions. Number one, if you have an athlete who, like Jenna was saying, definitely seems hesitant to follow marching orders, tell them the whys. Don't get overly clinical unless you're dealing with that kind of an athlete. Like, 
They don't need to hear we're doing this specific stretch because your tricep connects to this very specific muscle. No, we're doing this because it's going to stretch your shoulders appropriately for the movement pattern we're about to do. That's enough. They got it. Cool. Sweet. They will continue on. You've identified a body part and a reason. Yes. <laughs> and then circling to Jenna's story about the pistol squat, one of my favorite things that I will do with athletes when I can tell that they're physically capable of doing something, but they either have hesitation or they're not sure they can do it is depending on the athlete, I will either be like monkey see monkey do, do your best. Show me what you got. I will slow them down a little bit. I will then walk them back from what their body has created as a foundation. We will slow it down, progress it, tweak it, make it attainable. The other thing that sometimes I will do, and usually the rope climbs are a great example of this, a very cut and dried example, is tell me what your brain is doing right now when you're attempting this thing and I can see you're getting frustrated. What is your brain doing? Like, like walk that out for me word by word. And they will tell me and I will be like, okay, I need you to number one, take 10 seconds. I want you to think about puppies or something. I will say something to that. Woof. Completely, <laughs> yes. Completely mind wipe them, completely clear it out. And I will say, here's all I need you to think about. Step one, this, then this, then this. That's all I want your brain to do right now. This, then this, then this. Once they have accomplished that, I will move into step two. I literally have taken people from no rope climbs that I do know that they have ADHD because they're open about it with me. I have taken them from no rope climbs, they have never touched a rope before in their life, to climbing up to the ceiling simply because I put buffers for their brain to not spin out because that's what happens. We get frustrated, we feel like we can do it, we see everybody else doing it. And we don't know why we can't do it when we should be able to do it. And we want to do it. That's why you get into CrossFit. You see the cool things on Instagram and you want to come in and you want to do the cool things. Sometimes just cueing their brain is enough. <laughs> we get annoyed with self. Definitely yes. with things like that. Yes. And like the 80, I, I do rock climbing. So the once my first rope climb, they were like, okay, climb the rope. So... I didn't know anything about footholds, but there was like some similarities and crossovers. So I just yes, I would jumped and climbed the rope. And then Tyler was like, Jenna, I don't really even know what foothold you're doing. I was like, I don't, I, I actually never learned. I just pretended. <laughs> I just pretended. <laughs> something that just clicked. Nobody, no, nobody <laughs> no wrapped me. So I just kept going. <laughs> there are some things that click, but then you don't realize how efficient you can be when you do it correctly. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, just jump and just jump jump (laughs) Jump and reach fight for your life but it's the like education and the actionable right yes so you need to tell me what to do but why i'm going to do it that way yes (laughs) like how is this going to benefit well and coaches if you're a good coach you should have that reasoning that should not be a big ask but i'm not going to call anybody out well at at whatever coach is listening to this (laughs) (laughs) well and a giggle is not an appropriate answer even though me uh, being Coach angry Tyler. can be uh, something that's like not received as anger because I'm like, I am really angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really angry I'm right now. Really angry. People, people are like, you don't seem angry. It's not like a helium balloon. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm really angry. Oh God, I can't imagine all that sound recording. Yikes. Anyway, sorry guys. 
Um, well, we, we're hoping this recording, in this recording, you can hear us a little bit better. We should have probably prefaced it with that. We, yes. we got some new wireless mics. Thanks, Thanks to Coach, Coach Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> Ooh, that was unplanned. Very nice. Very good. He's nice. Uh, <laughs> yes, nice. we're very excited. Very yeah. excited. We're doing the things. We got the things. So hopefully uh, the sound quality gets better, and thank you for bearing with us yes. on this one. But we can continue to go on and on about this. Yes. But I feel this is like a long topic. Yeah, I feel like the we'll leave it at the topics we've hit. So I like it for for now, and then yeah. more to come. Yeah, on we'll ADHD. we'll swing back to this. There's a lot that I can go into. How to control the room to make it conducive and inclusive for everyone, how to address specific athletes that you absolutely know are dealing with a neurodivergency that can help them function through class. There's, there's a lot of little tips and tricks. The other thing I'm cool with is DMing the Westshore CrossFit account, which is just Westshore CrossFit on Instagram. And if you want some of those answers and you want some of those resources, links to different tools that I've got, all that kind of stuff, please feel free to do so. If you wanna make your, your classroom a little bit more neurodivergent friendly without negatively impacting the room, the, the, the tips and tricks I have will only elevate your class anyhow. It yeah. will not depreciate the value, it will increase the value. And I'm happy to share those. I'll probably share them so at some point when we circle back to the ADHD topic, but we've covered a lot. And, and uh, triaging is learning how to cute people. <laughs> share your stories with, with me too, at least. Yes. Um, reach out to me on Instagram, J underscore R-E-G. It's one G. One G. Yeah, I totally S. thought it was two Gs. <laughs> so to J be fair, I definitely said that that would be a thing. Yeah. It was like, I think I've put too many Gs. <laughs> that's okay. But that's fine. But we've cleared it up. <laughs> yes. Um, share your stories. Share what you've struggled with or ask what... We can share it next week. We're all, we're all in the same sinking ship, so yes. grab, grab the your pail. The same ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're taking on water. Oh, man. <laughs> we're drowning. It's fine. Uh, is there anything else? Tune in next week. We drop yes. Mondays at around 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. What are we talking about next week? Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Yes, Spotify and Apple Podcasts are the big ones. We will be, well, we'll be on YouTube by the time this comes out. Yeah, we yeah. will. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yes. What are we talking about next week? Did we discuss? Well, you know what? You want to hear, you want to hear something? Let us know. We'll yes. come up with it. We can yeah. talk. It's always up. We'll figure it out. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. Love y'all. And until next week, win the day. Woo. Oh, good. It's still recording.